everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Life Aholic. In this episode, we will be discussing some difficult racial issues that we are still experiencing today in 2022. So let's just jump right in. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Life Aholic Podcast. I'm Marvina. And I'm Shauna. And here at our podcast, we discuss everything from life issues, all the ups and downs, and all the things we go through throughout this thing called life, one drink at a time. So grab a glass and come on in and enjoy. Marvina, what are you drinking tonight? I am drinking a lovely aged mimosa. Not mimosa, Moscato. A lovely? I. Okay, go ahead. I am drinking a lovely Moscato. I don't know if Moscato is aged or not. I'm lying, so let's start over. I am drinking a lovely Moscato. It's not one of my favorite ones, but it was the one they had in the store. So I got it. Okay, did not need a full story behind it, but perfect. (laughs) I got it. Well, everyone seems to love Moscato, but I don't. So Shauna, hey, what are you drinking tonight? I am just having an iced coffee. Keeping it real oh, simple. Okay. Real simple. Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay, so the first topic that we are going to talk about today is code switching. For those that don't know, <laughs> code switching. <laughs> Is the definition of code switching is the practice of alternating between two or more languages or varieties of language and conversations. So basically, code switching was coined by the POC community, people of color, mm-hmm. and to break it down to make people understand it for the ones that's do- that that don't really understand it. It is when African American people of color. We switch the way we speak, act, and interact with certain individuals. Um, this mainly occurs, I think, in the workplace. Absolutely. I feel like it occurs more in the workplace than our normal or regular lives. Um, so, yeah, Marvina, would you like to yeah. talk about a time you've code switched? Oh, my God. When I don't. <laughs> You know, uh, I think code switching is a good and bad thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I know about that. I think code switching is cool, whatever. Um, it gives us, I hate that we have to conform to spaces, though, but at the same time, it, gi- it gives us the privilege to engage in our own language with each other. Mm-hmm. I code switch at work a lot because. I, I shoot. I feel like I'm code switching now to an ex, a certain uh, level. Yeah. Like I want you. To, I want to be clear for everyone to understand me. At the same time, I have like a little vernacular in there, but I'm definitely not speaking in the voice I think I would speak if we were like really just sitting at home chilling talking. You know what I'm saying? Definitely not. Damn, I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to stop saying. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. See that? See. Normally, I would be like, you know what I'm saying? But I'm trying to quit that in this podcast so that people can understand me. You know what I'm saying? So it's a 
Mm. It's a certain level of code switching going on. It's definitely not the corporate America that we do every day. That's a whole different level. I, man, that should be a, a um, degree. You should be able to put that on your resume. You really should. So do you think you're good at it? Because there Absolutely. are some people that think they're good at code switching. I'm like, you you talking the exact same. Like, I don't... <laughs> You're not code switching. I really think I'm good at code switching. Now, I don't have a quote-unquote uh, vanilla voice. Yeah. Like, you can definitely hear some color in my voice. Mm-hmm. But but I definitely have, I'm able, I'm trying to stop saying definitely, I have the ability to code switch very, very well. Okay. I believe. And I think I, I can't really like turn it on when I'm talking to you or I'm talking to somebody else. Right. But I if I'm sitting in front of eh, 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 oh yeah. <laughs> they they're getting the full yeah. They're getting the full radar of uh, yes. Facts. Yeah. So yeah. I think and I really and to be honest, I just think it's how we adapt to that space. Because mm-hmm. um, uh, POCs are very diverse in more ways than one. Oh, heck yeah. So I just think it's one of our superpowers. Truth. I definitely think I'm, I'm a pro at code switching when I need to. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, you, you surprised me a couple times. <laughs> I can definitely put it on. Uh, definitely at work. I mean, I could be on the phone mm-hmm. with you one minute, and they call me on Zoom, and I swear I feel like I'm a completely different person. Um, and I don't know. I think it ha- it happens even when I'm not at work too. Like I could be taking my kid to the doctor's office, and whoop, it's on. And I get out mm-hmm. the off doctor's office. I'm like, okay, now I'm back to me. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, and I also feel like for African-Americans, it's almost like a survival tactic because mm-hmm. people already think that we're quote unquote aggressive and mm-hmm. all of this. So sometimes our natural way of speaking, I, I, I can see that because we talk like we're about to like chop each other's head off sometimes but we be joking but people take it seriously Mm -hmm. like you remember that time when we were at work when we were actually going in and Mm -hmm. we were having those meetings and the way you and I were speaking to each other this one co-worker this was a long time ago she was a sister of a co-worker I hope you know who I'm talking about Yeah. yeah and she was like oh my God, Shauna, can't speak to her that way. And we're laughing in her face like, bitch, you don't even realize what I just said. Like, you know? Yeah. It's hilarious to me that they actually think that we mean harm, I guess, by what we yeah. say to each other when half of the time we don't. But let me code switch and put on that vanilla voice. And I guarantee you, I can read your ass just as bad as I could if I would code switch and talk to one of my friends. Technically, I would read your ass 10 times worse. Yeah, you got you got away with that 
I mean, I don't know. That's why I'm like, this should be degrees to this because I'm pretty sure you got an MBA in that. Yeah, I would definitely have a master's for sure. On my way to doctor. Like, hello. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had a coworker come up to me. And he asked me one time, he was like, um, is code switching real? And I um, I was like, what? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I had a a co-worker ask me, was code switching real? And I was like, why do you ask? It's like, because I feel like you talk to me uh, in a normal voice. Okay. I'm glad you feel that way. And I left it. Like, I couldn't answer that question for him. Because I definitely wasn't going to talk to him like I talk to my cousins and exactly. like that. Yeah. I was just like, oh, okay. Okay. I have no idea why he told he could ask me that, but he did. The, the fact that he thought that he could ask you and that you would actually tell the truth is <laughs> hilarious to me. Yeah. Like <laughs> No, sweetie, so, that, yeah. that that's our secret that y'all will never be able to steal. They steal everything else, but that one there I don't think they can ever take away. <laughs> oh my lord. It's just I don't know. I um Black community and black culture is just very underappreciated. It's definitely glorified, but not in the state that it needs to be. Right. Like people love the Kardashians and their fashion icons, and I mean they are. I mean they have a way of doing things, right. but they're not original. Right. And I'm gonna stick to that. They're not original. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. On that note, we're gonna move on. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to hit them real quick and keep it moving. All right. So to piggyback off of what we were just saying, what do you think about what came out for the TikTokers? How, well, honestly, I don't, I don't, I don't really know if this is this. I don't think that this is Forbes fault. This is TikTok. Forbes just named the highest earning TikTokers and there were no black creators named on that list i don't know i feel like that that's insane to me because that majority of the dances and the skits that you see are from black creators so how yeah is on the list that definitely seems um to align with the uh platform of tiktok i know a while ago that the black creators for tiktok went on a strike which kind of caused tiktok to plummet and then tiktok stepped up Mm -hmm. but it seems like they went right back to their old ways um I do understand that this new day and age is very hard to get the original source, the credit, but at the same time, it's not. Because, I mean, I'm I'm not, you know, a complete person with algorithms and all that stuff. I don't understand all that stuff. But TikTok shows you what they want you to see. Mm -hmm. And in that factor, then they probably show you the more uh, predominantly white creators who have stolen, who have stolen, I was going to say, not trying to say that, but yeah, have stolen 
their content from black creators, which minimizes um, how much you actually see the black creators and the original creators of those viral videos. And yeah, I definitely think TikTok is at fault at fault more than Forbes. And it's insane. There is no way that this platform that um, thrives off creativity um, has no PLC at all. Right. Like, I'm not saying that uh, white people, Caucasians, uh, non-people of color are not talented or creative. I'm just saying that if you look at this app and you see it and you see these um, videos, you can definitely look at these videos and see that that video does not match that list. Um, the content of this app does not match that list. It just doesn't. It's, it can't be physically possible. And I think TikTok is definitely at fault and they really um, should examine themselves again. I think that creators and their content should be distributed evenly throughout the app or you should be able to see everything and I think it's just a kind of slap in the face like they're building the app up but you're making the face of the app something yeah yeah it's like when they um when um they would do music back in the day like do you i i am just now at the age i am realizing how much music and content was stolen from black artists oh definitely yeah yeah and i'm just like wow and i think there's too much technology and too much um openness to the world for us to let that happen again like there's got to be something done about right. it i definitely agree like it's crazy that um the t- well the top three of the highest earning tiktokers one being uh charlie i'm probably gonna slaughter mm-hmm. slaughter her last name Melio or something like that and then addison mm-hmm. ray is number three but what people don't realize is that their fame on TikTok rose because of a dance that Jalea, what is her name? Jalea Harmon. Jalea. The renegade dance mm-hmm. created. Mm-hmm. She created that, yet and still, how long did it take for her to actually get that credit? Yeah, before those girls went viral for it, became famous and all of that. But here we go. Charlie D'Amelio earned $17.5 million. She is the top highest earner on TikTok. So I was nosy. I went to her TikTok because I wanted to see why was she the (laughs) why was she the highest earner Mm-hmm. I didn't even follow. And that's not being a hater, I swear. Because I don't care who's on the list. Like, if you're good, you're good. But I saw nothing that she had created herself, I guess. I saw nothing that mm-hmm. was 
authentic. I saw nothing that was real. I saw no creativity. Yeah, but she's the top creative. Right. On- I get what you're saying. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it, the the it's not the one not equaling the one plus one not equaling two. No, mm-mm. it don't. It, it equals negative negative three. I don't even know how that's possible. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so for our next uh, subject, I think um, we should dive into different experiences for black people in america like racial experiences or the whole black experience in general um i do believe that um black people do tend to get grouped into one experience like um they they all be grouped into like experiencing trauma and under and um no, I don't want to say experiencing trauma. They all get grouped into one experience uh throughout life. And I think that's not fair. I know personally me and you do have different uh black experiences like or I don't want to say racial experiences. Well okay, different racial experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, so I totally have a different outlook on, I wouldn't say I have a different outlook, but I have a different history with race and, um, ethnical treatment. Yeah, I think I, I have a different, um, racial history and just experience from you Mm -hmm. um we've actually talked about this before i've even had experiences um in the same space as you that you didn't have and um i feel like we do tend to expect people to understand or expect people to um agree with us even though their experience it has been different um i know i've had racial tension in a workplace and you haven't and um and i know that makes your view different than mine like my view of race in the workplace is very vivid because i've experienced Mm -hmm. and uh and I think you have it, so I think your views for mine is a tad bit different. I mean, you definitely understand the importance of it, but I think to experience it gives you a different outlook. Oh, definitely. I, I agree. I do agree. So, question, has this been your your current job? Has that been the only place where you've experienced? Because this is the only one that I am aware of, so that's why I'm asking. Is yeah. this the only one that you've experienced the uh, racial tension, I guess? Um, I when I was younger I had some, but I was very naive and kind of like, you know, didn't really know what it was. But as I've grown as a person mm-hmm. and my life experience, especially with the um weather of the world right mm-hmm. now. I've definitely opened my eye more to the um, 
the way people act in the workplace, like I like I under I see it right. more. Right. Like I've uh I know at um a former job of mine I was asked to speak out on certain subjects and um that actually got me fired. <laughs> because you spoke out on it? Mm-hmm. Even though you were asked? That that to me is insane. That's wait, mm-hmm. isn't that slick retaliation though? Like can't you do some of that? Yeah, they they uh they fired the person who fired me and hired me back. Oh wow. <laughs> I guess because of a, they didn't want the lawsuit, but I was so young and naive. I mean I would I didn't think the suit probably should have. Uh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, didn't think so. And I, um, and I remember, uh, this, um, I hate, I don't want to say hate because that kind of coincides, that kind of just goes with what we're talking about. I don't like the passive aggressive racism. Mm-hmm. I know in a former job, because I'm trying to, you know, not get into the present. <laughs> I know in a former job, a, uh, I don't know, a, it's not a colleague, a boss of mine would always tell me um, that I was so pretty and that um, I was so pretty for my skin tone or something of that. She never said for a black girl, but she definitely said something along she the line. And she, Yes, and she would say that color looks so good on your skin tone, <laughs> but it was it didn't feel like my mama saying it. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. It it felt right. weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it felt so forced, and it was felt it felt like to me if you feel a certain way when someone says something to you. It that is definitely a form of racism or a form of just uh, someone attacking your culture. Mm-hmm. So I mean, yeah, it always made me feel weird. Right. So I definitely think that was just like her way of, you know, saying, "Oh, she's so cute for that little black girl that we hired." Right, exactly. Look at mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. So I'm going to ask the question, even though I already know the answer, but I feel like you need to. Okay. You don't need to explain, but it'll be good. So have you ever had any experience like that in the workplace or ever? Um, Honestly, from as far as I can remember, no. And... And it shocks me even when I say that. So I really try to sit back and think if I've just ignored it. But I know at my current job, mm-hmm. the job that I had, the jo- the jobs that I've had, period, I've never, never experienced it. Um, the one that I'm at now, I'm pretty sure, like like I said before, I'm sure some mm-hmm. some shit has been said. Um, yeah, I get a little uncomfortable when I'm around a certain coworker, um, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's because of a race difference or not, or just because I know that that person is fake. Have I put my hands on it yet? I don't know. 
But um, honestly, that's the only person that I feel uncomfortable around. Mm-hmm. Um, all the jobs that I've had before then, I've never really had an issue because they, the one that I was at before now, it was so freaking huge until nobody really mm-hmm. talked to anybody. Like you just, you just went in and did your job and you left. Like that was, <laughs> that's mm-hmm. basically how that one was. And then all the ones before that one, it was, they were small, but it was mostly people of color that worked there. So, uh, yeah, I think this is for both of us. This is the first um, career or job that we've been at that is very predominantly white. And I have another question. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't want to get to this in our current current, but hey, uh, do you feel like you have to be the black voice? Do I feel like I have to be mm-hmm. at this job? No. Mm-hmm. Do I feel like they probably want me to be? Yes. Probably. Um, yeah. I, like, if they're having meetings and they bring up racial situations or issues, they, they, they probably... I get tips. I'd be like, oh, God, why? Right. No, don't look exactly. my way. Don't look exactly. my way. I feel like, I don't think I've personally been called to be like the black voice, but I've seen it happen, yeah. and uh, I've I've just been like, wow. What what makes people think that in this phase, I want to unload my trauma and my baggage to make you understand, to make you feel better about right. yourself? I don't understand it. I never got that. Like. And people think saying, oh, I, I remember uh, I was at a job one time and we were having a meeting and um, a guy said, um, well, we were talking about rights or something. And he's like, well, my family got here in such and such day, so we didn't have slaves. Okay. Yeah, so it's like, I, and then I just had to sit there like, wow. But in, in his mind, in his head, that was the appropriate thing to say. That cleared him. That made him a good person. Right, yeah. You know? They're so nice. Even though, I mean, I'm pretty sure your family was here for Jim Crow. Uh, right. <laughs> segregation. Right, right. Yeah. But anyway, that's not even the point. Just the fact that he felt that level of comfort, like, hey, this is this is how I get by. No, you don't. That's not how yeah, you get that's by. Not how it works. It's not. No, I don't need your empathy. I need you to give me my space to be me. Right. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. There was a time at this job that I met. I don't have a problem saying it. Um. Oh, it was a while ago before I even got into the position that I was in. You may have been in the office with me. I don't know. But it was the same person that I talked about earlier, the sister of a person that also worked there. So mm-hmm. I don't think you were. So we were in there. Um, the two co-workers were the ones that were really talking. I wasn't because I didn't like one of them. But she made a comment mm-hmm. and she said they were talking about 
their dads like weren't in their life right and mm-hmm. um yeah so they were talking about their dads not being in their lives right and so she mm-hmm. she, she was i guess talking about her issue i really cannot remember the whole conversation again because i was not paying attention but i was put into the conversation because they their dad wasn't in their life and they were basically that's what they were talking about and um she said wow it's crazy that all of our dads weren't in our life so i turned around i said who is who is you all and she said all of us i said what makes you think that my dad wasn't in my life she was like oh i just never hear you talk about him i said because he's dead what what do you mean why would you think he's not in my life? I said, he was in my life, my entire life. From the day that I was born until the day he left this earth. What do you mean? What do you mean? And she was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I just never heard you talk about it because I don't talk about my business. I said, nobody here knows my business. I said, maybe two people. One for sure, but maybe two. <laughs> I said, but nobody here knows what goes on in Shauna's life when Shauna walks out that door? And this is exactly why. You don't need to know. You know what? No. No. Go ahead. No what? No. No what? I was going to say, do you think that's why you... I don't want to say sheltered because you're not sheltered. You just have a different experience. But at the same time, I don't think that that's a factor. That's why I didn't want to say it. Yeah. That you grow up in the life of what you call home. I don't think that's a factor because uh, I can't say my husband because you told me that. Grew up in a a two-parent home and we've had similar experience involving race. So I feel like, yeah, those two different things. That's that whole part. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't, don't, well, to answer your question, I don't think I was sheltered. Oh my God. Um, I really, I I really don't because uh, my mom was definitely one to tell the truth about everything. So I was mm-hmm. up on everything. I knew what everything was. I knew, and I knew what it was if it ever came to me because I was brought up mm-hmm. to understand and to know. But I don't know. Maybe it is because certain schools that I was placed in certain schools. I was, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. I mean, but even the school that I went to, when I first started going there, majority of it was white. I mean, don't get me wrong. It was blacks too, but mm-hmm. it was more white than it was black. But then, even then, I never had an issue. But I just thought even if I didn't see anything as a kid, I probably would have saw it as I got older and went to college and was on my own. But um, yeah, I've never been put into a really known, known situation like that, by the grace of God. We've mostly talked about the workplace. Uh, Have you ever had any other experience uh, other than work? I I have not. Not that I can, again, not that I can remember. Yeah. Yeah, I have not. Have you? Yeah, I mean, it's never been, like, caring situations. But, I mean, I've had weird experiences and things that I've just, like, 
have not settled well with my spirit. <gasps> like, I know one time, um, me, I, me and my husband were going to a, a farmer's market. And I've seen this farmer's market from time to time, but I always forget to go. So I was like, okay, I want to go today. I'm literally sitting there. And I'm like, okay, I want to go. And so we go to the farmer's market and they had like this. Like, I've never been to a farmer's market, so I really know how it works. But I definitely wanted to go this time. So, uh, I guess uh, well, we walked up to this table and the woman's like, okay, well, the way it works is um, you don't give money to the vendors. You buy tokens from them and then you give the tokens to the vendors. Okay. Right? I was like, oh, okay. Okay. And she's like, okay, so how do you want to pay? EBT? Oh, wow. Yeah. And I went blank. Like, I went blank because I was about to choke this lady, right? But my husband intervened. He 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 intervened and was like, "No, we're paying with card." And uh, and the other like, "Oh, okay, 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 okay." I literally had to. I was so in shock, like, and I just I couldn't even move. I was like, "Bro, I don't even think I want to do this anymore." But you know what I did? Instead of me running back and being like, man, just straight fuck this, right? Mm-hmm. I went to every black vendor there and bought something from those black vendors. That's the way to do it. Yeah. Because these, these folks out here just, just be wild and like... That, yeah. I think just be... Black in America is in a task. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a task. It's a never ending task. It's a job on top of having a job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, even though our experiences are different, I think we all understand the underlining is that Black people do have to maneuver and do have to live a different way in America than other people do. That's yeah. And um, yeah. we may not go through the same experiences, but we know that those things live out there. Mm-hmm. Even though we may have not experienced them ourselves, they do exist. And we can never ignore that fact that um, it's tough. Right. Whether you go through it or not, it's it's tough out there. Right. So how do you think it would be for our kids? example like oh. I look at my my kid and I explain certain things to him like I was explaining a game that he plays mm-hmm. and on the game it has the character I'm pretty sure I told you the story but mm-hmm. on the game it has a character that was on Texas Chainsaw Massacre mm-hmm. and this, this, this game is a killer survivor game so mm-hmm. the Leatherface, of course, is the guy that's the killer in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And we know he, you know, cuts people's faces and he wears them, right? Mm-hmm. So in the game, they had this same killer having different color faces. And one of them was a black face. Well, this gaming company got a lot of fucking heat because of that. So now, of course, they're removing it. But I then had to sit him down and explain 
because mm-hmm. he didn't understand. He said that he was like, but that's what Leatherface does. He cuts people's faces and he wears them. I said, yes, mm-hmm. but there's a, there's a bigger history that goes with the black face. So mm-hmm. let me explain it to you. So then I explain it and he's like, I get it, but why are people so mad if this is just a game and this is what Leatherface mm-hmm. does? I said, I get it. Mm-hmm. It is just a game, right? So in their mm-hmm. mind, it's just a game. Why are people taking it so serious? And it's just a game. But it's I don't know. It's, I feel like it's hard to make him under. And it's probably because he's just, he's young right now. Mm-hmm. So, but it's hard to get his mindset there. Because again, he also hasn't experienced anything. And I pray to God he throughout his life being a, a black man. I hope he never does, but I mean, yeah. But it's hard to explain it to him now because he still doesn't get the severity mm-hmm. of it. And I think I that's... That maybe it's just this issue here, though, because if you mm-hmm. bring up, like, the cops in that situation, he gets that 100%. Mm-hmm. But, because so- to him, I think that's real life. To... to to him about this this is a part of his imagination or Mm -hmm. his his innocence that is being made too real and i think that's probably the issue for him Mm. and that that sucks that truly sucks but at the same time it it has to be done because i mean this it can go I mean, there are not just innocent children in this game. There are people in there that could be malicious or vicious about it. Exactly. Exactly. And, um, yeah, I think that's just the issue for him. And I think just all around kids aren't being able to. I think uh, kids aren't getting the chance to be kids long enough anymore Um, because the world is so... Um, at hand's reach that the good is happening and the bad is happening as well so we have to like we have no other choice but to um, explain to our kids on early and explain to them life sooner because I mean it's happening right so um, I think for our kids you know, I think our kids will be okay because they'll be more aware and more understanding. Yeah. Yeah. As long as they get the proper information, I think they'll be okay and they'll be more understanding. I definitely hope so. I, I do. I definitely hope so. Yeah. So, I don't know if I should bring up this topic. Tell me. So, oh, God. <laughs> that's still on kids, right? So, okay. Oh, God. Um, oh, God. Here we go. More so uh, the black man and who they choose to be with, right? Mm -hmm. My kid is going through this stage where he Mm. has a whole lot of questions. Questions? Oh, God, it's the worst. But go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) He asks a whole lot of questions. So Mm -hmm. he's going through this age where he's trying to figure out, I think he's like, trying to talk low so he doesn't hear me. I think he's trying to figure out like, girl that he'll like I don't know right so Mm -hmm. he'll come and he'll he'll 
I don't know if he's testing me. I don't know. So he'll ask. The <laughs> 10-year-old is testing you. Okay. I don't know what he's doing. So he'll ask me. Ask. He'll ask. ask Lord. <laughs> Girl, he'll, he'll come to you. Okay. <laughs> yes. So he will ask me. See, bitch, I can't say. He'll come to you with a question. Leave it at that. Yes. So he, he, he will come to me with a question and he'll say, Mama, if I date a black girl, would that be okay? I say, yeah. Well, what if she's not black? <laughs> I said, the fact that he knew the phrases like that. Oh my God. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I said, what do you mean? He said, well, what if the girl isn't black? Okay, and let me give you a backstory. He's saying that because my my sister and his yanny, which is great, mm-hmm. put it in his, you know, it's like you date the black queens, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm with that. Yeah. I'm with him, 100%. So he comes to me and he says, so what if they're not black? Rightfully so, I want to be like, no, you got it. Mm-hmm. you're going to get the black queens, right? But mm-hmm. I, I'm also afraid that if I say that, you know, half the time you tell a child to do something, they're going to do the opposite. Mm-hmm. But in reality, I, I, I'm i also battle, battling with myself to the point of asking myself, does it even matter? Why am I even bringing up mm-hmm. a color difference to him? Mm-hmm. Why should I make him see that, no, you need to go for this color only? You know, they say that racism and segregation and all of that starts at home, and maybe they're right. It it does. And even the people that think that they're not doing it maliciously, they're still doing it. They're still doing it. So Mm -hmm. am I also doing it by telling him that? I think so, but I think that isn't, like you said, it's an inner battle with, with yourself. Right. And I think, because, uh, okay, so I, I mean, I'll take all the rep, I'll take all the backlash, I don't care. <laughs> I am a person of love is love. Love exactly who you want to love. Love I the agree. person that loves you. I agree. Right? Yeah. Uh, now, that being said, I am one who I totally 100% believe that a black woman and a black male man together are are unstoppable. They're powerful. The, yeah. Um, I think just, like I said, just that, I think being with someone who understands your experience, like I said, I mean, being you know, being black and mm-hmm. is a is a task. So right. someone that understands the same task as you and has lived that life, I think that bonds you together and makes you a whole in a whole uh, in a different way than being with someone of a different um, nationality, race ethnicity but that, that definitely makes sense i i could yeah. not agree more yeah i am not gonna like anyone my son brings home 
of course. No matter the color, creed, or ethnicity, I wouldn't care. I'm not going to like it. Okay, so that wraps up another episode of Lifeaholics. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We definitely appreciate it. Make sure you like and share. And don't forget to leave your comments because we love to hear from you guys. Until next time.